Welcome to the Recruitment Hackers Podcast, a show about innovations, technology, and leaders in the recruitment industry. Brought to you by TalkPush, the leading recruitment automation platform. Hello, and welcome back to the Recruitment Hackers Podcast. I'm your host, Max Armbruster, and today I'm delighted to welcome to the show Christina Junio, who is uh, head of sales and operations at Resource Solution. Uh, Resource Solution is part of the Robert Walters group yes. and the RPO arm. And, and Christina is dialing in from the Philippines where she heads, as I said, sales and operations there for Resource Solution. We had a chat with Christina about uh, some of the trends happening in her market, and, and we recognize that there's a talent crunch happening in Asia, which kind of resembles what's happening in North America, what we're getting a lot in the news in North America, with some changes in the way the new generations are experiencing joblessness, and also some changes uh, that are unique to the Philippines when it comes to driving demand you know the, the market is shifting and there's new demand on the labor force being driven by the gig economy and new type of work being offshored to the philippines so that's the general topic for our discussion christina welcome yeah. to the show thanks for coming thank you so much max and for the invitation i'm, I'm glad to, to join you in this one and maybe try to share and answer some of your questions with regards to the talentscape in the philippines maybe also the rest of the Asia, APAC region. But yeah, thank you for the right. invite. <laughs> I was in the Philippines recently talking mm -hmm. to some employers who were complaining about the fact that they have to work <laughs> twice as hard this year because candidates have so many new options that are popping up. You know, early young talents has a lot of different options that are popping up. Yeah. Um, so maybe starting with that, sharing your experience on how the market is shifting. Well, specifically in Asia, and, and I would say in the Philippines in particular, there has been a very, we're experiencing a talent crunch here in the Philippines, because I would say there are different factors affecting that. One of which is, again, the Philippines is actually trying to promote its ITBPM sector, one in particular. There has been a rapid expansion in the ITBPM sector, particularly in the outsourcing and BPO industry, uh, companies. So again, major contributor would be is a lot of companies in the U.S. or other countries are looking into moving some of the roles here in Asia. And one mm -hmm. of the preferred countries is actually the Philippines. Of course, there's India as well. But again, they're looking at the Philippines becoming part of their back office, sort out, you know, support solution center. So that's one of them. Particularly, I mean, in terms of numbers, I learned from PESA that there are now 788 registered BPO companies in the Philippines. Wow. And that's from large to small scale companies. So given that a lot of investment is coming into the Philippines and even the government is trying to leverage on that. So IBPAP, which is one of the drivers of the IBPM sector, particularly is trying to drive also selling the Philippines as a BPO you know, destination or outsourcing destination. According to them, this year alone, there's been an 8.7 increase of growth in this sector in the IBPM and headcount. They typically yeah. they count the headcount, right? Yes. So they like yes, they they're like the, a, the last time I checked, it was 1.2 million people working in that industry. Yes. Uh, now it's uh, 1.7. Oh no! Yeah, surpassing. Wow. I stopped, a growth you stop looking for like a few quarters, and there's half a million people who just joined yes. the, the industry. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. 
so aside from PESA, there's also the growing fintech landscape. So I'm sure you've heard here in the Philippines, you know, there's a growth in the digital banking. There's the financial digitization industry that's growing also here in the Philippines. I think compared to last year, there's even a 32% growth. So according to the FinTech Association of the Philippines, there's like 32% growth. Originally, mm-hmm. there were 216 companies. This year, there's now 285 FinTech entities in the Philippines. Fin- so, FinTech, you said. Yeah, so uh, FinTech would yeah. be like digital banking, payment gateways, lending, the currency. So those kind of companies that are into finance and tech. So there has and, been a growing, so the, growing, it sounds like that. <laughs> that, that it sounds like the the quality, you know, the level of qualifications and the type of work that is coming to the Philippine has shifted up considerably from yeah. what was traditionally just a call center, a voice voice call center operation. How much of the voice call center operation? How much of this 1.7 million people would that still be? I'm not asking you for the official number. But, you know, maybe your your best guesstimate. Oh God, it's kind of hard because when oh, I yeah. attended, yeah, when I attended the ITBPM event for IBPAP, it's some mix. I mean, I'm hearing that the desire of most companies now here is become aside from being a back office, they also want to be a solution driver as well so you're not just accepting jobs from the u.s it's a mix we're also hiring a development team here in the philippines Mm -hmm. managing hr shared services so so Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of a mix now it's quite different i would say it would still be probably half 50 percent of this particular market but again it's it's diversifying i would say it's becoming yeah yeah and it makes sense also for an employer to have a mix because because when you do a large scale recruitment marketing campaign you're going to attract people with different skills it'd be a shame to lose half of that marketing <laughs> spend so if you're going to hire some IT staff mm. and also some voice support staff then maybe they're all they're all coming out of the same marketing effort and mm. and you can find some openings for all the best candidates within your clients and would you say the Upworks of the world and the other sort of marketplace websites where, where people can do part-time gigs or hourly gigs and, wow. and work at night to, to support U.S. customers, do you feel that pressure on the talent pool as you represent different employers? Do you think that's a significant f- force in the market today? Yeah. Or, or you think it's more of this, this talent crunch is driven simply by increased demand and, mm. and the fact that you have these 800 BPOs. Uh, in other words, are we at a point where individuals are able to find a lot of work on the side that makes them maybe less, that lowers the demand for corporate jobs? Yes. So I, I totally agree because right now, I mean, brought about the pandemic, right? There's now what we call the gig economy. And if, because of the work from home flexibility, people are now able to consider having a full-time job versus a project or multiple jobs just delivering per hour. I mean, I recall I have a friend who actually has a nephew who has two jobs and he works from home. And he basically, he works for a company and he also does programming, coding, and some doing some market research on the side during his free hours because he works at night shift. He also can do some work during APAC hours. So mm-hmm. yes, because there are more options now for talents, they're starting to become more 
can like do I consider working being nailed to a nine to five job or having my own time managing my own time so mm-hmm. yes it's becoming also a challenge whenever we interview candidates the first thing they ask is this a work from home how mm-hmm. much what is your hybrid model you know mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you're work from home that means you're 100 work from home so yes it's becoming also a one of the challenges i would say that employers nowadays also have to face I've heard it's, some it's, companies it's, are. It's kind of a catch twenty two because I remember one of the criticism that people would have about the workforce in the Philippines is that they're not autonomous enough, that they need too much mm. direction. And now it's like the haha, the, the 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 tables have turned. Now they're the so autonomous that they don't need you anymore. <laughs> they yes, can have their is. own schedule. <laughs> Specifically for this new generation. I mean, you have to understand they're more tech savvy information is on their fingertips they know i would say it's they're better than us with, i i would i don't i don't want to get there but yes the boomers versus the gen x and the gen z's it has again its pros and cons but for me this particular generation given that they have been presented options they are smarter i would say it's becoming really a talent and candidate driven industry a market so that's why employers have to be more creative and trying to sell their EDP, their brand to the new talent market. Yeah, how do you fight back? That's that's yeah, a, that's um, a tough one. Yeah. So, what what are some some effective strategies for mm. corporations <laughs> that want to attract top talent that now has this option of, oh, I, I can work twenty hours a week if I want to, and uh, and get paid at double the hourly rate. Yeah, I, I guess the employers nowadays have to really rethink their resourcing model. So they have to understand that nowadays, loyalty is not really that of a thing nowadays, especially with the new generation. So they have to rethink how to do their resourcing model. Some companies are even looking into investing in early career programs, building a talent bench pool for some of them. So I've seen there's been a sudden drive for most companies, especially in the MNCs, investing on early career programs, tying mm-hmm. up with universities, because you have two options. It's either you compete with the mature talents already that's already there, or you try to tap on the new entrants. So to give you an example, a couple of companies, both local and international, are trying to do that right now. It's like Union Bank, who we call them now Union Digital, has actually mm-hmm. opened their own training development center or university for new entrants, right? Trying mm-hmm. to tie up or partner with universities. Some of the shared services centers are actually investing more on their early career programs. Mm-hmm. Some are even like sending their new hires, new grads to abroad to be trained, upskilled, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. if there is another, let's say, attrition or increase in attrition in the organization, it's faster for them to pivot or shift people. So there is becoming more investments on the new entrants in the Philippines. That's one. Another thing that they need to also start thinking more is the benchmark pay. They need to rethink how, because candidates are also now becoming more smarter when it comes to pay. It's not more of like how much you pay me. It's more of like how much is my value for this company? What's my contribution? So yes, they are becoming smarter in that part. That's why even some companies are offering shares, stock shares, RSUs. I would say I've experienced that in my previous company. And it does have an impact for certain employees that 
my work and contribution contributes to this, you know, to the increase of the shares and the stake of this company. Mm -hmm, so, yeah, mm -hmm. that's another. Um, so that's shifting. Yeah, I, re I remember it, it, it was never consideration for employer like shares. Like, what are you talking about? Um, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, just give me my rice allowance. <laughs> just, <laughs> no more rice uh, allowance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even for like, for example, I've heard this new trend in the talent industry wherein if you cannot monetize something, you could probably provide them with a lifestyle increase. What is a lifestyle increase? Probably providing them with more leave credits, you know, providing them with more flexible hours. That's a lifestyle increase. So you're not monetizing it, but providing them with more flexibility at work. That's another option that's being offered right now by employees. So, uh, so yeah. It, it sounds like the big lever here is go towards young talent at the universities, train them early, attract them early, rather than try to turn renegades into loyalists because that's just not going to work you know once they move to the other side once they're renegades then you know stay away um, yeah what, uh, what but, makes but, them loyal to you since they move from one company to another because of a pay increase yeah yeah and and then building the loyalist over time you mentioned being flexible having a flexible wor workforce where somebody comes in in a particular function and and you you switch them up after a year or two uh, yes is that, yeah. yes yeah i mean career growth it packages the career growth like for example it has to be exciting for them especially with the new generation it has to be something always exciting so you you package it to them and you present it to them as again this is a career growth you're being given an opportunity to learn new skills upskill yourself in preparation of your future some, some Gen Zs call it quiet hiring, but for me, it's called really more of a upskilling. You really have to be able to articulate it properly to your employees and to your future candidates or your the candidates that you're recruiting. You should be able to articulate that properly. This quiet hiring, it means hiring without broadcasting it outside the organization? So basically, it's trying this is part of uh, a result of the global transformation so a lot of companies are doing global transformation they're trying to implement more lean processes trying to recalibrate certain functions and roles so let's say for example one role is vacated you could actually move it to and pass it on to an existing team right and try to like add it as, a, as an additional task or activity so okay so yeah that's that's what the Gen Z is called quiet hiring. They're giving me more job, but with the oh. same pay. But again, oh. they're, it's, it, they're it's moaning it's again. Yeah. <laughs> Damn youth. So it, so it has its pros and cons. And for me, it has its advantages because I am being upskilled and given an opportunity to learn something new that's I outside have, my I sphere. I may have been doing some quiet hiring without even knowing it myself. <laughs> Uh, Again, damn. it's efficiency. A lot of companies are trying to drive efficiency. There are the days wherein you have this conveyor belt, right? Yeah. Why not have an end-to-end -end subject matter expert? Yeah. So it's yeah. something that you that most companies are actually looking at. Stop, right now. stop treating people like a little cog in the machine, and and exactly. you know make them a little bit more adaptive. Yeah. Adaptive. It allows your team to pivot faster. Once you lose lose one cog, you have somebody who has that knowledge and just. Make him a bigger cog, 
<laughs> I would say. Yeah. 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 Great. Um, well, thanks, Christina, for sharing your insights. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah, obviously, it sounds like you've got a tough work environment with a tough market, but overall, we're describing what is a very positive evolution of the labor force and just a much more agile workforce, much, mm. much more competent and agile workforce than, you know, even a few years ago. So that's, you know, that's uplifting. The youth are doing great. Yeah. Can you tell our audience what's the best way to get a hold of you if they want to uh, engage with you or with a resource solution? Definitely. I mean, they could reach out to me via email. I'm in LinkedIn. Of course, Christina Junio, you could ping me or message me directly. Hit me up. I'm happy to connect with people, provide some insights on what we do with resource solutions and provide insights about the Philippines as well. So yeah, we do have our website. My, our contact information is also there. My contact information and our sales team would be more than happy to connect you with me. <laughs> Smashing. Well, thanks again for joining and talk soon. Thank you, Max. Have a great day. Christina, share with us the change that's happening in the Philippines. I'm not just talking about the 1.7 million people working in the BPO industry su supporting customers overseas, but the fact that this young talent is more demanding, has more options, is more technology versatile than before. I mean, they sound like just an amazing group of people. And, and certainly, I think that the perception in the next generation will shift over the type of work that you can send overseas and you know what needs to stay in North America or in Europe. Certainly, it sounds like a workforce that is extremely autonomous and knowledgeable. So that's inspiring. I uh, hope you got inspired too and that you'll come back for more interviews on the Recruitment Hackers podcast. Please follow. Please share. Thank you. Thank you.